Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing this morning? Doing fine, Jason. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Good to see you. And I'm looking forward to the program today because starting out, we're going to dive into a world that uh, you're going to educate me uh, tremendously on, and that's the world of life insurance. Uh, well, we I do want to talk about that. There's so much uh, to talk about. But before we do, just uh, wanted to ask about uh, how you enjoyed Halloween. Oh, uh, Hall- You have a little one, so. It was wonderful. He was really into the trick or treating. He dressed up as Spider Man. Spider Man. It was it was a wonderful time. Just plenty of uh, of kids out, so it was great. Well, that that's wonderful. I I have um, one of my uh, key people, office manager um, in, in my office, loves Halloween, celebrates it uh, big time, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, although I have to say that I. Uh, I'm not one who gets to enjoy Halloween uh, like I did years ago because my children are grown. I have no grandchildren at this point. Uh, uh, hopefully in the next few years, uh, we'll, we'll see some of that happen. But uh, uh, since we've moved to Raleigh, we, we live in an area where the, the houses are spread out a little bit, each lot. Each house is on about an acre um, or so, and uh, and it's just not a good area for trick or treating because we're too far apart from each other, and the kids don't want to have to hike. <laughs> <laughs> so we get no victims at our house uh, at all, uh, and, and I don't blame them because they can go several blocks away, and the houses are ten feet apart, and. They can really rack up the candy That's in right. just a short period of time. So I'm, I'm sure that you were uh, in that group of people. Oh yeah, there's uh, no shortage of quantity. <laughs> we were we were good, and I instituted the candy tax. He learned a lot about taxation. You know, oh well, that's good. Mom and dad yeah, need to dad. Uh, get a cut, and that's pretty cool. You can go from there. Yeah, we we. Uh, uh, we were a no-tax family back uh, <laughs> b- back in the day, uh, but that's so long ago I can hardly remember. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is a lot of fun. But now, um, now for me, I turn my attention towards Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday of all, for sure. Um, uh, but you know, obviously, uh, if you go to the store, it's all about Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all about Christmas a month or two ago, unfortunately. But uh, that's that's just the way it is, and you know, life life goes on as it goes. And uh, I, I I also want our folks to say a prayer for the folks in California. You know, with the f- fires going on out there, absolutely, um, uh, it's it's pretty heart heartbreaking what's going on for so many folks that because um, there are a lot of folks are actually losing their home, losing everything. Um, of course, you know we've had the same thing here at Ocracoke uh, with uh, flooding, and you know so our our folks know how disasters uh, can happen uh, for sure. Ours just uh, looks a little differently than than California, and it's. Uh, one of the reasons that I think about the folks out in California and the fires is because one of the things that I talk about is the fact that, and at least in North Carolina, I, I see homeowners insurance um, uh, 
uh, as a financial ripoff. Um, now, <laughs> and I say that, but now it wouldn't be true in California. In California, particularly if you live near L.A. in that area, but they have fires in Southern California, fires in Northern California. But uh, I, I, for every premium collected, every dollar collected in California last year, Last year, the insurers actually paid out a dollar seventy in claims. So, in essence, the insurers lost a bunch of money because these fires are, are so bad. But uh, truthfully, in North Carolina, the likelihood of a catastrophic house fire like what they're experiencing in California is next to zero. I mean, it is so minuscule. Um, that, that and, and truthfully, uh, most of what you're paying for with homeowners insurance has to deal with fire because if you're worried about flooding, you have to have flood insurance to cover that. And if you're worried about a tornado, you typically have to have wind and hail insurance <laughs> relating to that. So, um, uh, and what I have said to folks as it relates to long-term care insurance, which younger people should actually focus on because it's too expensive if you wait until you're older to get it, is the fact that having a long-term care crisis in your family uh, is financially similar to for your house burning down with everything in it with no insurance whatsoever. Of course, we all have homeowner's insurance because we we don't want to take the risk of losing our home regardless of, of how minimal the risk might be. Um, but, you know, insurance is supposed to shift risk and so – uh, basically pay a fair premium and receive uh, the ability to shift that, that risk. Uh, but that's what insurance is all about. And so uh, I do want to talk about life insurance as opposed to long-term care insurance. I think it's important. Uh, it, it is an important asset. I mean, I can ask you, Jason, do you have life insurance? I do. Well, truthfully, life insurance is extremely important uh, for almost everyone. It becomes less important for seniors, although it, it is an asset depending on what type of insurance. And, and part, the th part about life insurance is it's confusing to people. Uh, and... Um, uh, there's a lot of different ways you can use life insurance. Uh, but back in the dark ages, when I was um, getting out of, of college, um, the, the CPAs back then were, were adamant that life insurance was not a good deal. And in other words, they were saying if you simply invest your money uh, at towards the end of your life, assuming that you live a, a long life, uh, you'll have more money uh, if you don't invest in life insurance. Um, now, the truth is, I think today that statement would be wrong. Uh, there, uh, life insurance can actually be uh, a reasonably good investment. Now, again, you're shifting risk and of course, the primary reason you buy life insurance is because you don't want it to pay out. 
because <laughs> you got to die for it to pay out. Uh, of course, you can actually utilize a life insurance policy in little different ways. But if we just want to talk about the basics of life insurance, life insurance uh, comes in lots and lots of different flavors. But the two basic flavors, the vanilla and chocolate of life, life insurance, is term insurance and whole life insurance because every other life insurance policy is, uh, to some degree or another, a combination of term and whole life insurance. And so term insurance is what most young people purchase. It's probably what you have. Yep, you're, you're shaking your head. Yep. Why? Because it's inexpensive, and having uh, inexpensive insur- uh, life insurance, you can get more death benefit, more bang for your buck if you should die young. And when you're young, you actually have a lot of things that you are trying to insure your family. Now, typically, if you're single, there's no, you know, you're unmarried, no children, you don't really have a great need for insurance. Uh, but once you get married, once you have a family, then you're trying to protect those you love. And so typically, as a young person, you have a mortgage, a debt. Uh, you, if, if you were to die, there would be a lot of lost income that uh, your spouse and or children are counting on. Uh, obviously, most families are trying to save money to pay for things for their children, like college, <laughs> or just get them through school. Um, uh, so um, uh, there, um, uh, or it may be where you're the breadwinner and your spouse is a homemaker, taking care of the kids and those kinds of things. Where if you were to die, there's there's no income for your spouse or your children. So. Um, the bottom line is when you're young, you have a whole lot of reasons to have um, insurance. And so the, the great majority of young people will, in fact, buy uh, term life insurance because it is very inexpensive and it really does, in fact, cover. Now, with that said, I, I, it, for those who have sufficient income, to afford it as a young person, whole life policy over time is a much better investment. Now, and I can I can give you um, an example from my own life, uh, but you have to understand that for every person, any policy is going to vary uh, depending on the economy and investments inside the policy and, and those kinds of things. But Let's say that uh, now if you buy a whole life policy, you're buying it as a long-term strategy. Now, obviously, it's typically going to have a, a smaller death benefit for more money, but but you'll always have it or you could retain it for your entire life, and that's one of the advantages. And But one thing that a lot of folks don't realize with a whole life policy is that um, a, a, a well, a good whole life policy should 
pay for itself in about a 15-year time span. So in essence, what it boils down to is if you buy – in other words, if you can afford a whole life policy, um, uh, after paying the higher premiums for about 15 years or so – now, for some, it might be a few years less than that or a few years more than that. It just depends on how well the policy works internally inside the policy. But it should at some point pay for – in other words, the – the dividends inside the policy uh, or the um, uh, should, in fact, pay for the policy itself. And that's exactly what happened. In, now, what for me, what happened, I, I just finished law school, uh, and I was unmarried at the time. And I had a good friend who had just finished college, uh, and um, he had gone to work for an insurance company, and he needed to sell a policy. <laughs> so I was his first victim. Uh, he um, uh, uh, and, and actually, he uh, sold me a small po- whole life policy that I could afford. And I, I think I can't remember. I think originally the death benefit on my little policy was. Fifteen thousand uh, dollars might have been twenty, but it wasn't a whole lot. It cost me fifty dollars a quarter, or about two hundred dollars a year, for that policy. Um, now you have to understand, I was very young, so the death benefit, even though you're in a whole life policy, didn't cost a whole lot of money. Um, but it was all I could afford, that's for sure. And I really didn't need it at the time. I was just doing it because he needed to sell a policy, but. Um, one of the things about um, particularly a whole life policy that a lot of folks don't realize, and in my own case, that little teeny policy that I bought years ago, um, it, it paid, started paying for itself about uh, 15 years after I, I bought it, where I wouldn't have had to uh, pay the premiums. But uh, after 15 years later, I could well afford those premiums, and I continued to pay those premiums because uh, internally the policy was earning over 6% a year, which to me was uh, pretty nice. Uh, And a lot of folks don't realize that a life insurance policy is actually tax-sheltered. Now, the premiums that you pay, you pay with after-tax dollars. In other words, there's no deduction no tax income tax deduction for investing in a life insurance policy. But internally, the investments inside your policy grow income tax-free, and most people know that the death benefit pays out tax-free, income tax-free. And uh, not only that, But if it's a true life insurance policy, you can borrow against your policy. And, of course, loans against your policy is not income, so there's no income tax when you borrow against it. Um, And so uh, in in essence, it's totally tax-free in most cases. Now, there are lots of exceptions. You have to know that. Uh, but in most cases, uh, it, it really is a tax-sheltered investment for a lot of families. Uh, and in most states, uh, your life insurance is an asset that is protected. 
protected from creditors, where creditors cannot take your life insurance away from you, and the death benefit paid to your beneficiaries uh, uh, is uh, protected from creditors as well. So it's a nice asset protection asset. And of course, this being asset protection today, it's important for you to know those assets that you can own that have asset protection qualities uh, to them. And life insurance is one of those. There's lots more we can talk about, but I know you have to take a break. So we'll do we that. do, but I do want to get to that bill because I know you're on a roll here, but we'll take a quick break and we'll continue our conversation all on life insurance right after this. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. There you can find plenty of information about the services Bill provides. You can find information on his free seminars. We've got another one coming up here in uh, just a, a, a short while here in November. We do these on the second Wednesday of every month. And you can also catch Bill's podcast, the Asset Protection Today podcast. You can find that all at WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And we are talking about life insurance this morning, Bill. And you were just going over some of the uh, the asset protection features of these policies. Well, yes, sir. And the, of course, the other thing about life insurance is that th- there are just a tremendous amount of options in terms of how to structure life insurance, and and so uh, getting with a, 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 a insurance professional who understands the different options, they can tailor a life insurance policy for your specific needs. I mean, and, and I'll give you uh, some examples uh, with a term policy. For instance, you can buy a term policy that. Uh, has level premiums, you know, the same, you pay the same amount each year for a certain number of years, 10 years, 20 years, up to age 65. But at some point, that term policy is over. In other words, hopefully you won't use it. So all your money's gone. And uh, in terms of what you've paid in your premiums, but you were protected, your family was protected. So if you die, uh, unexpectedly, um, then your your family gets the insurance benefits and you're taken care of. You can uh, structure um, a policy so that you and your spouse are covered. Let's say you have a big mortgage and you want to make sure if either one of you dies that the mortgage is paid off. Well, you can have a policy Uh, a fairly inexpensive term policy that will pay upon the first death uh, so that if either you or your spouse should die, then you would get a death benefit that you could use to pay off your your mortgage. So that's another type of structure you could use. Other families are worried about uh, the need to pay taxes or for certain other Issues and so they buy what's called a second to die policy, 
and and those are less expensive because uh, the insurance company is looking at the life expectancy of two people, which is always longer than the life expectancy of one person. Uh, so that those policies are even less expensive, but it's you're not buying those policies for your benefit or the spouse's benefit. You're you're buying those policies for the benefit of your children. <laughs> And, of course, that can be advantageous as well for a lot of different reasons, uh, particularly with modern families that have children by uh, previous marriages. You can use life insurance to make sure that either your spouse or your children receive a significant benefit. Um, so th- those are issues like like that. Now, if you should have a whole life policy, it has far more advantages to you over your lifetime because during your working years, I'm assuming that you buy it while you're relatively young. Uh, of course, you can also buy a policy that has less expensive premiums in the first few years where it's recognizing that it's likely that your income is going to go up significantly uh, during your lifetime, and but it becomes more expensive. So in later years, maybe five years later, so the premiums actually go up, but you get a higher death benefit for for a lower premium initially. So again, you can structure. Now, why would you want to do something like that? Well, let's say you've just finished law school or med school or or whatever, and you're not making a whole lot of money your first few years. I know for myself in practicing law, it, it took three years before I made diddly squat, and it took really five years <laughs> of law practice before I made what I considered uh, a, a reasonable or living uh, amount of, of money. Um, and that's not uh, unlike a lot of folks. So in essence, I had less ability to purchase anything the first few years I was out of school, and I, I think that's fairly common. Um, uh, so it's it's just, uh, but but you can structure a policy that way if if you want to. But with a a, a policy over time, for me, uh, and I bought several policies. I just didn't buy that one policy where I was victimized by my good buddy from school. <laughs> Uh, I, I bought several policies because I found that that they actually were things that were helpful to my family. And fortunately, uh, you know, I'm still here, so they haven't paid off. But I bought whole life policies, uh, and they grew with a, a great deal of cash value. And so, uh, for instance, you can you can utilize your policy. It's an asset. Uh, you can use it as security against a loan that you need, or you can borrow against your policy. When, when my kids went to college, it, we ended. They both ended up going to the same college, Western Carolina, which is a wonderful little school out in the sticks of West uh, <laughs> in Cullowhee, North Carolina. Um, we, um, uh, it's not so little anymore. It's grown like a weed out there, but. Um, the, since both of my kids and my, my kids were in school one year apart, so uh, we had an opportunity to purchase a home where they could both live and also rent out rooms to their friends. 
and it just it, it financially it worked. But I didn't have the cash available at the time to buy a home in the mountains uh, for my kids to live in. So what did I do? I borrowed against my life insurance policy for the down payment on the house, uh, and then um, a- and it turned out to be a fabulous investment for us. Uh, and we made money on it, and, and my, my kids were able to go to school without any cost whatsoever for, um, you know, basically uh, housing while they were both in, in school. Now, that's not the norm for most of us, but, I, you know, my wife and I just got lucky when it came to buying a house that, that worked for our kids and worked for us financially as an investment. And then, of course, when they got through – with school, finally, <laughs> we sold the house at a nice profit. And then uh, we could have paid the um, entire loan back, and eventually I did get it all paid back, although even though I promised my wife I would pay it back um, uh, as soon as we sold the house, um, I didn't. I was bad. Instead, I went and bought my beach house. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of thing. But, you know, we're, we're getting there. But the point is, is that, you know, it was an asset that could be utilized that was extremely helpful to me at the time. And I used it as an asset that actually allowed me to achieve my goals. And if I had not purchased that asset, you know, 25 years uh, prior to the to the need, I would not uh, have had that um, ability uh, to do what I really wanted to do. Uh, I may have found another way, but you know it's nice to have those those kinds of things. So um, uh, it's uh, to the to the degree that my all of the policies that I have uh, at this point, after about fifteen years in each case paid for themselves. So I don't have to worry about, I still have the policy. I still have the premium. I mean, I still have the life, the death benefit going on. And so what's happening now is that uh, the uh, death benefit is increasing every year. So it's way beyond what the original face values or the death, the original death benefits were because the Additional money is going in to pay for additional death benefit, which is another advantage. So for those folks who can afford it, uh, I really uh, like uh, whole life uh, policies. Now, for the young folks who cannot afford a whole life policy or don't think they can, then term is clearly the way to go. And then there's some folks who can do more than term, but they really don't have enough to go with whole life. And then there are other policies that an insurance person can basically recommend that's uh, a combination of term and whole life uh, that uh, works uh, very nicely. Now, uh, when we, I know we're going to have to take another break, but when we come back, there's a last piece of life insurance that I want to talk about. Uh, there, there are t- two pieces of it. Uh, and uh, one is a something that I recommend to my well-to-do clients for their young children or grandchildren, uh, which I think is pretty special uh, if uh, folks actually do it. 
uh, and uh, then there's there's uh, one other piece that I, I want to talk about as far as um, how life insurance can be helpful to them is too. So we'll do that. Excellent. We'll do that right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. And right now we are talking all about life insurance, Bill. And just before the break, you had a recommendation for us. Well, there's several things I want to talk about in this in in this block um, as it relates to life insurance. Uh, one is a recommendation that I make to well-to-do families but, and it comes out of a very serious concern that I have for the world. <laughs> okay? And the concern is that our children, uh, the millennials of today, and your generation too, J- Jason, um, they're not saving enough money for retirement. Uh, the fact is that uh, pensions are going away for the most part. Uh, and in the business world, pensions are pretty much gone, uh, which basically means the burden of retirement is placed squarely on workers, which now there are um, a lot of employers that offer 401k plans. Those are retirement plans, or you can do your own with an IRA, uh, individual retirement plans, and there are a lot of other variables. But the bottom line is, is that most people are not saving enough money to retire. Now, right now, uh, there's a huge percentage of people who are living exclusively on their Social Security benefit, and Social Security was never intended to be sufficient for people to retire on. But those folks who have not saved or had some tragedy occur, disabilities or otherwise, um, they're out of luck, and so they're having to live uh, in a, a, a you know um, scrape by manner uh, on Social Security. Well, the truth is, the buying power of Social Security, no matter how you rage, you know how how you do the numbers is the buying power is getting less and less and less and less. And any futurist is going to tell you that 40 years from now, when this generation retires, guess what? Social Security isn't going to buy much. And most futurists say Social Security might be enough then to pay for health care. Now, we're not talking long-term care. We're talking about just being able to go to the doctor, buy your, your prescriptions and your co-pays and, and all of that good stuff, and probably not much more. Well, if you don't have much, enough money to go to the grocery store or pay for your housing or anything else, you're out of luck. So guess what? you got to save for that. So I would encourage anyone who's young to be putting a bunch of money uh, aside each month for retirement. And if you're not doing it, uh, you're going to be in in real trouble. Uh, so with that as a premise, my recommendation 
uh, for those parents and grandparents who can do it uh, is to purchase a life insurance policy for their young children uh, when they are um, one year old or as young as you can, uh, you, you know, if they're already five or six, then okay. But the younger they are, the stronger the potential policy is. So the point is not just any old life insurance policy. You buy a policy that is structured for cash value buildup. It's it so it's either like it's either a whole life type policy or it is a policy that bills cash value and there are a lot of different options on how to do that. But a a a well structured policy. If you put two thousand dollars a year uh, into a policy for a one year old for twenty years with a total investment of forty thousand uh, dollars, and there are a lot of folks who can afford to do that. And I, I can tell you, even though I don't have grandchildren, my my intention when I do have grandchildren, I'm going to do this for every grandchild that I'm lucky enough to have in the future, (laughs) okay? But here's the thing. If you buy a life insurance policy for your children or grandchildren uh, like that and you structure it, you know you're going to spend $40,000 or something close to it. It it doesn't have to be that much. I mean, it could be $1,000 a year for 20 years or it could be $4,000 $4,000 a year for 10 years. It could, I mean, it just depends on what you can afford and how you can do it. That The cash value in that policy will, in most cases, grow to uh, a policy that's well worth more than a million dollars. In most cases, the, the uh, illustrations that I see show a policy that has cash value of somewhere in the neighborhood, depending on the age of the child, uh, between two and three million dollars. That's a lot of money. So what does that mean for the child? Well, when the child is 70, the ch- you know, which is going to be the new retirement age, no matter how you look at it, the child can then borrow between 10 and 20,000 dollars a month, which is income tax free because it's a loan. And, and this is a loan that the child will never pay back, it's, so it just goes against the death benefit. But the bottom line is you could do that for 25 years, okay, as a retirement account, and there will still be more than a million dollars in the policy as a death benefit for the next generation. Now, obviously, that's assuming that you do this with a good company, with a good you know, with a good history and there are no guarantees, blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing. But if the uh, history is uh, is any indication, that's pretty darn strong. And it solves a huge problem, and that is that that person now has a fund to retire and doesn't have to rely on the government or any anybody else for their care or their well-being and it can also um, be structured in such a way that it's a huge blessing for the family uh, on a long-term basis. Uh, you know, and, and of course, it also allows us as lawyers to do 
uh, some nice trust planning for life insurance and dynasty trust planning for later generations and things like that. So it's really, really helpful. Now, there's another side to life insurance for a lot of seniors, and that is is that for some – because policies were not structured properly back, when, particularly those which were purchased in the mid-90s when interest rates were, you know, 15%, a lot of life insurance policies were not structured properly uh, during those years. And, and a lot of seniors have gotten hit where it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but your, you know, your premiums are doubling uh, if you want to keep your policy, and, and there are an awful lot of folks who can't afford those policies, or uh, seniors have borrowed against their policy but never paid those loans back, uh, and they borrowed a, a number of years ago, and so now the, the paying the premiums are too expensive for them, or they're seniors who just think, well, we don't need this policy anymore. Let's just cash it in or, or let it go. And so uh, there's some recommendations for folks here that really need to understand what they could do. Well, for some folks, depending on how old they are and their medical condition and things like that, just borrowing against the policy sometimes is a better option because then you still have a death benefit. Uh, You, For others, cashing your policy in – uh, liquidating the policy, uh, if it has cash value, uh, is an option and and is something that works. Uh, although it's generally not the best option for a lot of folks. Um, another uh, now, folks need to understand that when they cash a policy in, uh, there's there there are income taxes, there are tax implications uh, when you do that. Uh, you can also um, with a life insurance policy, you you can um, do what's called a 1035 exchange. That's a tax-free exchange. So you can take the, you can basically exchange your current policy for a different kind of policy. You can exchange it for a different kind of life insurance policy. You can ex- with no income tax. You can also exchange it for a long-term care policy uh, if that suits your, your needs better with no income tax involved. So an exchange is uh, another uh, option that folks need to know about before they just willy-nilly cash in their policy. Because you have to understand, if you have a cash-valued policy, it has value. And even if you have a term policy – there's an, another piece that people need to know about. Uh, now, a lot of folks know about viatical settle, settlements, and, and that is uh, provisions and policies where if you, if you become deathly sick and you're expected to die within a year or two, oftentimes you can pull down the death benefit of your life insurance policy. So you're getting the death benefit early out of your policy. But you also have, for those folks who cannot do that, um, oftentimes you, because you can exchange for long-term care, oftentimes you can actually sell your life insurance policy to a third party. There are investors out there who will do that. And so for, for seniors, you know, folks who are over 65, that is a possibility. Now, for 
uh, uh, now I consider 65 to be young, uh, but let's say you're 65 and you're, you're sick, you have dementia, but you're expected to live another 10 years uh, or more. I mean, because dementia tends, you can live a long time. Well, if you have an asset like a life insurance policy that's not going to pay until you die, you might find that because you're sick and you're over 65, that even if it's a term policy, see, an, another option that people can get is it's convertible to a policy that will not expire. And so you can actually sell a term policy with no cash value, depending on how sick you are. So the shorter your life expectancy based on your individual health, you can actually get a good bit of money for doing that. And I've helped a number of people do that. I mean, it's something that I can do in my practice to help people because most folks don't know that those options are out there. Or let's say that you're older, you're 75, 80 years old, and you have this life insurance policy. Um, again, you know, one of your options is to borrow against it, but another option is to sell it. Uh, and you can sell it for long-term care benefits or you can where there's no taxes involved, or you can just sell it for the cash and, and pay income tax on part of, of the receipts of the money. It, um, the income tax is based on uh, how much over premiums that you've paid, uh, generally speaking. So the, the po- whole point is that there's that it, life insurance is an area that can be complex. It's got so many good moving parts to it. A good insurance professional can help people a whole lot because there are so many options, options when you buy and options in order to get out from the policy or to collect on the policy. So there are just so many options out there, but people do need to know about life insurance. Um, It is one of those assets that is asset protected, and it's also now tax sheltered. And unlike it was back in the dark ages, uh, life insurance can be invested in a way to where it really is uh, a good investment strategy rather than uh, one that's so conservative that it's not all that great. Yeah. And if asset protection is your main objective, Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Learn about some more of these options and how they are or how they could be a great fit for you. You can go online to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, you've, you've got a quiz for me. This, I, I do, this and happens I hope folks often. will follow along and see how, how well you do with this quiz. Uh, it's, it's a financial quiz of sorts. And so he, here it is. Uh, which of these two events has a more likely uh, chance of occurring? Uh, that is winning a $50,000 Powerball payout after buying one ticket or being struck by lightning. 
Oh boy! Considering uh, my luck with the Powerball, I'm going to say the Lightning is is more probable. Uh, actually, eh, oh wrong. really? A- actually, uh, there is a slightly better possibility, slightly better, <laughs> that you will uh, actually win that fifty thousand dollar Powerball. But I I think you're shrewd if because. The truth is, is if you consider the probability of winning $50,000 in a Powerball jackpot as about the same as being struck by lightning, then maybe you won't buy that ticket <laughs> and you'll, you'll keep, keep your money in your pocket, which is actually the, the best uh, way to go. Okay. Uh, at your local bank, you have $300,000 in a joint account with your spouse, $100,000 in CDs in your name. And in, a, and in a safe deposit box, $50,000 in cash. A meteorite obliterates the bank, uh, which then fails. So how much will FDIC give you and your spouse? Uh, I can't remember if it's a million or two fifty. Um, I'll, I'll say $250,000. Okay. So you had uh, $300,000 in a joint account with mm-hmm. your spouse. And a hundred thousand dollars in CDs and fifty thousand dollars in the in the box. Well, you're wrong, okay. eh. oh. because the bottom line is is that um, the FDIC uh, is is going to uh, insure two hundred fifty thousand dollars per person oh. per account. Okay. So you'll get your, you know, you'll, you'll get your 300000 150 for you and your spouse, and the CD will be insured as well. But the safe deposit box is not insured. Uh, so in essence, you'll get your 400000 but not the 50000 Okay. All right. So are we out of time? We are out of time, Bill. we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back to wrap up. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander reminding you if you want to find more information about Bill or register for November's seminar, there's still time. You can go online to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill if you've got a, a matter at hand and you want to make sure that your assets are protected. Call 919 256 919-256-7000. Have a better asset protection plan than hoping to win the $50,000 Powerball ticket or not have your bank hit by a meteorite. That, that's my suggestion to you. Remember, WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. We're out of time for today, but we'll hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.